facing for the first time in 39 years. The Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Hello and welcome to the Brady Bros Boston Sports Podcast, where we cover everything in the Boston sports world. My name is James Brady, and alongside me, my brother Nicholas. Say hello to the people. Hello, everybody. Today is Thursday, February 28th, and we are on episode 2020. We did it. It's episode 20. You and I are both baffled we made it this far, to be honest. It's on- tomorrow's March. I don't know what's going on, James. Where is the time going? Because I am so behind in everything. I reviewed for a class playing Jeopardy yesterday. My team ended with negative points. So that's where I'm at in life right now. All right, I didn't know it was possible to get negative points in Jeopardy. But starting off the show, as we always do with the, yeah, we'll still call them, 2018 World Series champion Boston Red Sox. Uh, spring training started, and it's actually it's fun like i've been watching some games they're a little boring not seeing all like you know the names we all recognize out there but baseball's back there's games going on every day there's stuff to keep up with i mean tomorrow you said is march we will be in the month that the season starts we will be we are we are now less than a month i think we are seven days less than a month away 28 28 days yes 28 days is it i thought we started on the 28th we do start on the 28th, 28 days, or 29 if you want to include today. We're recording very early today. This is new for us. Yeah, we're it's what, 9 o'clock in the morning 9 right a.m., yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Drag me out of bed for this. So, we will start with the week in review. I feel like that's a good place to start. So, the last week, Friday, the 22nd, against the Northeastern Huskies, they put up a big fat zero. We put up six and beat a college team, and apparently we're supposed to be proud of that. Saturday against the Yankees, an 8-5 to win. We watched quite a bit of that game. It was actually a decent game. Uh, the pitching on, on the Red Sox side was a little weak in the first couple innings, but the Red Sox rallying to make the comeback. Sunday against the Twins, and once again, an 8-5 to victory. Monday against the Pittsburgh Pirates, a 4-3 loss. Tuesday actually got rained out. It's supposed to be against the Toronto Blue Jays, but, you know, rained out. Wednesday... A split squad game, one versus Baltimore, a loss 7-6, to six, and another against the Rays, which was also a loss 5-4. to four. So two close games there. And actually, because we're recording so early later today, uh, against the Nationals will be our last game of February for spring training. Yeah, and I mean, it's just so refreshing to, you know, when, when it's just the, the NHL and the NBA like we had the last couple of weeks, and they've both gone through their all-star breaks. It's refreshing to have something I know I can turn on every day to watch some Boston sports. Whereas like the Celtics and Bruins, since, you know, they're so closely intertwined there, they tend to play on a lot of the same nights or there's more than a couple days during the week where I don't get my fill of Boston sports. And so with, with baseball being back, even in the capacity, so refreshing to, you know, have something to turn on. Uh, well, I guess in the, in the afternoon now, cause they're not playing at night yet, but uh, glad it's back. Glad it's back. Yeah, so I've basically just been able to catch weekend games and then get score updates during the week. It kind of sucks, you know, because 1 o'clock isn't exactly a very convenient time to watch a baseball game for pretty much anyone except for for the people that are actually at the game. Um, But if you want to talk about a couple of the, you know, standout guys we've seen so far uh, in spring training, maybe, you know, some names we recognize, some names that are at least new to you and I because we never kept up with the farm systems, but... Yeah, I mean, every we've gotten to see pretty much everyone at this point, with the exception of uh, I think the biggest name not on the list who has played is uh, JD Martinez. Um, but you know, we've seen Ben Attendi, we've seen uh, Jackie Bradley, Brock Holt, uh, Mookie Betts even getting to play, um, getting a couple at bats in yesterday in the split squad game. Uh, so let's highlight a guy we've we've known about for a while. Jackie Bradley Jr. is currently batting uh, 600 in spring training, which I mean doesn't mean a whole lot because he's had something like 
five at bats, but so, you know, he's gotten hits in two, three of those five rather, but um, three of those or two of those three hits have been uh, home runs. So, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. Having a strong start uh, looking to pick up, you know, right where he left off probably. Yeah. And Jackie Bradley, a guy that, you know, more so I'd say known for his like his defensive place in the outfield, uh, you know, gold Glover, miraculous catches and saves throughout the season. Stopping a lot of, you know, what could have been extra base hits or, you know, RBI hits uh, and reining them in. So glad to see him on the offensive side of things. And like you said, two out of his three hits have gone yard. Uh, Not that that's like insane to do in a spring training stadium. There's been a lot of home runs. There's been so many home runs already. And I would, I'll make the hot take. We'll just drop one right now. Boom. Early on in the show, hot take, most home runs being hit this season. Probably not that's wrong. Really that's the not way a hot moving. take because it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of home runs and a lot of strikeouts nowadays. Yeah, it's very it's very polarized. Like it's very extreme on either side. But yeah, uh, but that's moving my hot on take. from moving on from Jackie Bradley, a guy that has kind of been making headlines that you and I didn't know anything about. Um, you know, because we don't keep up with the farm system, we're not. But uh, Michael Chavez, he's actually uh, you know a 23 year old prospect for the Red Sox. Uh, he he got the nod to be on the spring training squad, and boy, is this kid this kid's making a name for himself. In nine at bats this spring training, uh, he's gone yard three times with nine RBIs, and he's batting with a four forty four average. So, a guy we could potentially see on the Red Sox roster at the beginning of the regular season. You know, if he if he continues this, I don't think there's any way that Cora you know sends him back down to the farm system. I think he might he might obviously not going to be starting with the with the caliber of players we are lucky enough to have on the Red Sox but a guy who could see some uh you know some MLB action by the end of April probably. I mean yeah, this is a guy and you you kind of think about spring training like this is for some of those guys who've been sitting in AAA, you know, bumped up from AA AAA, maybe they've seen the the majors a couple of times. This is the time where they can cement, you know, I deserve to be on that that roster come the beginning of the season. And he's doing everything he can right now to prove himself. I mean, he's averaging one RBI and a third of a home run every time he steps up to the plate. He's almost got, you know, a 50-50 chance of getting a hit with his average. So, I mean, he's he's doing really well. And he's a third baseman, I believe. And that's, you know, someone we see switched out between Devers. Maybe Nunez is in there sometimes. So... In all, you know, in all reality, there's a chance that this guy does make it up to the majors if he keeps playing at the caliber that he's playing right now. And I think that'd be really cool to see someone who went out, you know, really put in the work, owned it in spring training, and as a reward, you know, gets to see their chance uh, in the majors. Yeah, and if I, if I had to guess, um, if this if this couple of games is any alluding to any of you know this guy's potential skill and uh, his future, I you know. We'll probably see him uh, in a Red Sox jersey playing in a game this year. That being said, uh, James, if you want to take us through kind of a way the MLB has just discarded, uh, decided to screw with spring training and, and talk about this pitch clock that they've actually implemented. Yeah, so this, and you're going to have to forgive me because this may not be like 100% accurate. This is just everything I got from whatever the broadcast of was like the second game. They're talking about how they're actually implementing a pitch clock in spring training. Uh, I do not believe it is coming uh, during the 2019 20 se- or just 2019 season. I realize it doesn't change years. During the 2019 season, I do not believe we will be seeing a pitch clock in the MLB, but they're basically implementing it now to see how does it work, if it's feasible. So let me run through this. So the first week, and I think we're past that now, there is a clock that will be you know ticking down every time the pitcher's on the mound. Uh, but there is no penalty for violating. It's a 20-second timer. There will be no violations to the player, um, you know, for not being ready to hit or the pitcher not throwing his pitch yet. It's just known that there is a 20-second clock running when, uh, you know, someone is up to bat. The second week, the umpires will apparently issue warnings to those who violate the clock, but there will be no penalties. Basically, you know, the players will get used to, okay, you know, he told me that I, I should have hit by now or I should be in the box or the pitcher should have thrown by now. They're just kind of getting that in their mind uh, of the tempo they need to be playing at. You know, 20 seconds, you have to have the ball out of your hand, throwing it, you know, at the batter. And it says later in spring training, so they did not give like a definite 
uh, start time on this, there will be penalties for violations of the pitch clock, and those will all be based on rules decided by uh, the MLBPA or the Players Association. And how they do it in the minor leagues, and I think this is actually a decent idea, uh, the batter must be in the batter's box with at least five seconds left in the clock, so that gives the pitcher time to, you know, uh, go through their motions, get ready, and deliver their pitch. So, you know, it makes it so the batter can't wait till one second jump in the box, and then there's a pitching clock violation. Um, I don't really know what these, like, the penalties will be if it'll be, you know, call the ball, call the strike, you know, in whoever's favor. I kind of hate the idea of that. I'd rather just see someone throw the ball. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of this, personally. I get that it's working towards speeding up the game. That's what a lot of the changes have been recently, is making the game more exciting and speeding it up because those are apparently the biggest complaints about baseball. So we've seen more home runs. Uh, so that's, I mean, there's that half of that. But I just feel like a pitching clock, it messes way too much with, you know, a pitcher's tempo, the speed at which they want to play this game. And also with the batters, too, you know, to get your mind in the right spot. You see batters a couple times, they'll step out two or three times the batter's box calling for time before they hit a pitch. And I think just putting a pitch clock, it, it I guess it comes down to, like, what the violation is going to be for me, like what the penalty will be. But overall, I'm not a fan of it. I have rambled for way too long. So if you want to, uh, you know, give your two cents about it, see uh, what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board with you. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan. I, I get the reasoning behind it. I think. I think it's tough because if if you don't have a pitch clock uh, and you leave it up to, you know, the interpretation of the umpire to just say, okay, let's let's pick it up now, like throw your pitch, um, you know, then every time is going to be different. Teams are going to complain about that, so on and so on. So I get the. I get the understanding to want to put a like you know an actual time on this pitch clock, but like you said, this is going to speed up the pitchers and the batters. You're going to see again just what we mentioned before. You're going to see more strikeouts because the batters aren't going to be ready, and you're going to see more home runs because, or you know, more hits rather because the pitcher isn't ready and doesn't get his full time to you know get set and uh, deliver the pitch he wants. Especially if they feel like they're being rushed. Um, I definitely don't see this being used at any point this season. This is definitely them testing for the future, just kind of like feeling out the waters type of thing. Again, like you, I'm, I'm very interested to know what the violations are going to be. If it's like, um, if it's on the batter, if it's the strike, or if it's on the pitcher and it's a ball, like if that's the violation, you know, that, that makes the most sense in my mind. But I don't like that because that is going to, I don't know how they'll work that into the stat sheet, if that's going to inflate or, you know, deflate stats kind of. And make them, you know, kind of meaningless in my eye. Yeah, for me, I just thought about this now. Like, imagine it's literally game game five of the last World Series. Machado's up the bat. He's got two strikes. He steps at the batter's box for 20 seconds, gets called a strike, and that's how the World Series ends. Is that really what we want it to be? No, you're going to have like, so much. So you see, much, uh, we, we, you're going to take Manny Machado being brought to his knees away from us? Is that what you're trying to do? Because I don't want that. And it's true. The MLB hates fun. Once again, I understand like where this is coming from, the urge to speed up the game. But, I, you know, just 20 seconds, I feel like that is... I can't say because I've never batted or pitched in an MLB game, but I feel like that isn't a lot of time when you, when you think about it, how quick that must go by for the pitcher, for the batter, uh, just to be ready. And I hate the idea of, like, striking out because you stood out of the batter's box too long. And who's to say if that's actually a thing? But once again, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, they work it in with the stats too and everything. But We will update you going forward. Now, I think that that pretty much wraps up everything we wanted to talk about this week. Um, I don't really see the need to, to break down the games in depth. Again, they are just spring training games, and a lot of people were probably going to forget about, unfortunately, in the regular season. But let's let's talk about the week ahead here going forward. So you mentioned uh, since we're recording t- early today, uh, they have a game later today. This is Thursday, the twenty eighth, against the Nationals, and then tomorrow we are into March. So going from there, uh, tomorrow Friday, March first, they are at the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Saturday they are home versus the Baltimore Orioles. Sunday a split squad game. Don't know why this is a split squad when it's on two separate days. Um, again, home versus the Minnesota Twins. Monday at the New York Mets. That's the other half of the split squad game. Tuesday, Washington Nationals again. 
uh, Wednesday, another game against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and Thursday, another game against the Minnesota Twins. So seeing a lot of the same teams. I mean, we have the Twins three times this week, so I don't know who made the schedule or what the reasoning is behind it, but uh, you can get very used to seeing the Twins in spring training. I mean, yeah, when it comes down to it, there's only so many teams that are stationed in Florida. So, it, I mean, basically, you cut the league in half when it comes down to... Oh, I, t- I totally forgot about that, to be honest. Yeah. That is so not you, even you cut the league in half in terms of who's coming to uh, to Florida. But anyways, yes, yeah, so that is weekend. I don't know how baseball works. I will let you also take over today in sports history, the newest... I, it's not actually the newest. I don't really know. Uh, but, you it's, know... It's a segment. It is a segment on this show that we have done enough weeks in a row to call it a segment. Uh, yeah, so, you know, nothing really interesting happened today. I was hard-pressed to find something that uh, excited me, I guess, but here we go. Uh, so on this date, February 28th, 1903, Barney Dreyfus and James Potter bought the Philadelphia Phillies for $170,000, and I can only imagine what an investment that must have been. I don't know what the payoff was, but to buy any sports team for a number that is not in the hundreds of millions is a very good deal. Yeah, and I mean, you have to take into account inflation and everything with it being 1903, um, which is funny, though, because the Phillies are now valued at at least $1.24 billion, according to my very quick uh, search of the internet. So, you know, just turning hundred and seventy grand uh, into $1.24 billion, Yes, because I'm and, sure both of these men are still alive in 2019. Something years. 16 years, yep. Well, Anyways. Jim Potter is a wizard, so. That's true. He is a wizard. I was, you took my joke. Hey, Anyways, go. we're going to transition to the, oh, God fest that is the Boston Celtics. We just, this is why we can't have nice things. A week of all losses. I'm yeah, sure everyone oh, thinks boy. the team's falling apart. It probably is for all we know. All right, James, uh, we need, to, we need a, to make an agreement here right it's now been a tough before we week. get into this. I really don't want to talk about it. I think I, think, like, I, need, a, I need a full cool-down week after watching what happened this week. And so, you know, this is usually the longest segment of our show, and I think you'll agree with me when we say we're definitely going to cut it back a little bit this week. Yeah, I'm putting 20 minutes on the clock. We're starting now. We're putting 20 minutes on the Boston Celtics, and at the end of that, if we're still going, we're just cutting it. That's I don't it. have a lot to say. I don't have a lot. You know how mom's like, hey, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. It'd just be me silent for 20 seconds, for 20 minutes, rather. Yeah, there, there isn't right. a lot. We've played that four games said, of basketball, and that was about as much as we accomplished. That being said, uh, bring it back to last Thursday. They were facing off the Milwa- against the Milwaukee Bucks uh, when we were recording. And, you know, this, this was probably the best game of the week in my mind. They lost 98 to 97. It was a close game. Kyrie actually had a last minute shot uh, that ended up not going in. Then there was the, the next day, there was this whole article about how the refs missed all these calls and, you know, Kyrie was fouled and whatnot. We've, we've moved past it. Uh, you know, a close game against the number one team in the East that very well could have gone our way had, you know, one more shot fallen. So I'd, I'd say a fairly decent game there. Uh, Kyrie put up 22 points and five assists. Horford, uh, a huge game, 21 points, 17 rebounds, uh, seven of which were offensive rebounds, uh, five assists. Tatum, 17 points, 10 rebounds. So you know, so, some big numbers from from some of our favorite players there, and it, it really just went downhill from here. Saturday uh, in Chicago against the Bulls, a 126 to 116 loss. You know, they really just didn't look like a good basketball team. There there were times where you thought, you know, they were going to come back late in the third, early in the fourth, and then they would just give up a huge play, a a dunk, a a wide-open three-pointer to a Bulls team. You know, full full respect for, I think, Zach Levine put up like 41 or 42 points, like a phenomenal game for him. And if we're going to let a guy like that be wide open and drive wide open down the lane, you know, then we deserve to lose that game. Going forward from there, it only gets worse, people. Tuesday, the 26th, they were, you know, uh, north of the border in Toronto against the Raptors, a 118-95 to loss, the Celtics' first 20-point loss of the season. Uh, We don't really have much more for that game just because it was such a blowout. And then just yesterday, Wednesday, 
uh, at ho- they get to come back to the Garden, uh, you know, play one of the top teams in the West, the Portland Trailblazers. Could this be the game to get them back on track? The answer is no. They lost 97 to 92. Kyrie did have 31 points. And uh, again, you know, they showed signs of life in this fourth quarter, but it was just it was just too little, too late kind of thing. Uh, there was a great play where Marcus Smart intentionally missed a free throw, got it back out to Kyrie, who drained a three to put it within three with, uh, I think it was 20, 20 seconds left or something. But yeah, just just a, a bad overall week. I have been talking for a while. James, your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's just one of those weeks. I'm surprised there hasn't been some statement that's come out by someone saying they hate basketball. They're leaving the Celtics, blah, 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 blah. We hear about it every week. Um, I mean, like I, I'm with you on on the Bucks game was probably the best one of the season. We saw amazing, you know, standout games from Kyrie Horford, who's been, he's putting up a lot of, you know, what look like they could be pretty easily triple-double numbers, like, you know, at least 10-plus points, a lot of rebounds, and then he's always, you know, five, seven, eight assists. So he's he's close to, you know, Numbers that show he's really doing it all. He's, you know, making po- he's making the baskets, he's grabbing the boards, and he's also sharing the ball around to other people. Um, so I don't know. Horford, someone who's really stood out to me recently, putting up a lot of good, a uh, lot of good numbers in the last couple of games. But you know, the Bulls. It's a team that we beat by fifty something points earlier in the season, and just I mean, we watched the last couple minutes of this game together, and it was painful because. They they have the opportunity. It's like it's do or die time. You got to be making threes, and Kyrie would just drive and do a layup. So if they go down the court and score two points, we've done nothing. We need to be making those points back, and they just weren't doing that. They simply weren't getting the shots. They weren't going for any shots, frankly. Um, so just disappointing. And then the Raptors and the Trailblazers just. Man, that was it was a painful week. It was a very painful week for the Celtics and what we might was it last week that we dubbed this the most important week of the season? Yeah, and they and they botched it. And they it. lost all four games ending out February on a four game losing streak. First four game first four game losing streak of the season, I believe. And just to clarify for the listeners, when James said uh Milwaukee was the best game of the season, he meant the best game of the week. Yes, thank you. Thank you for catching me on that. And, I mean, let's not quite get into this yet, but looking ahead, it's not going to be an easy week coming up either. It, re- it really isn't. You know, we've got the Rockets and the Warriors. And, and you if, know, if you want to we just we need a about, win. Yeah, we need a if win. you want to talk about getting kicked while you're down, like this is the opportunity for other teams to, you know, beat the Celtics into the ground. And if they're not willing to, you know, put up the fight, then... We're going to keep dropping. Luckily, we do have a pretty comfortable uh, hold on what is now the fifth in the East position. We've dropped from fourth. Uh, Philadelphia having a much more reasonable week. And uh, and moving up, Indiana still still going strong in the third spot, even without, you know, Oladipo. Uh, really, really sad to see him go down with, you know, such a big injury. But they've been finding a way to make it work. And then, of course, Toronto and Milwaukee just Got an iron iron fist up at the top of the East, really holding it down. Uh, and yeah, I now think, you know, if we can push third. Yesterday we talked about maybe, or not yesterday, last week we talked about, you know, first is a stretch, a very long stretch. Maybe we can get second. But now I'm saying like third or fourth, we'd be lucky to lock one of those positions down. And See, and here's the, and here's the thing. Um, the first or second position was only going to be possible if we if we gained a game here on the on the on Bucks both, and the Raptors yeah. respectively. Now I think I think I looked last night. We're nine and a half back. You can correct me if I'm wrong. If you're looking at it now, we're ten Actually, and a half. Ten, I have we're ten and a half back. All right. So, uh, and and I've talked about this with a couple people. Ideally, we we want that. We need that third seed. I think because if we finish fourth or if we finish fifth. The most likely scenario there is that we are going to play the You're Philadelphia Sixers, Sixers. Yep. and that is not who I want to see in the first round of the playoffs. Grand, I think we can beat them. Uh, we, we've, we're what we're three and zero against the 76ers this year, I believe. With I think one game left, not quite. Sh- there must be one game left because they're they're in our division. But ideally, we want that third seed. So you know, we're playing. We're, we're playing the Nets, we're playing the Pistons, we're playing the Hornets, the Magic, whoever ends up there. Um, 
you know it's it's pretty it's pretty tight down there at the bottom there's there's two teams the magic and the heat are very close to that you know they're half a game back at that eight spot so anything's possible like well not anything's possible statistically we still could make first place that is that is out the window as far as i'm concerned there's no way the bucks and the toronto raptors are both going to drop you know 10 and a half games for us to make up on them that would require us to win 10 and a half games as well and at the rate we're going it is not looking good but you know we, we talk about the same stuff every week jim the same's like but and i don't want to get into it but in the interest of you know being well-rounded and you know covering everything in your opinion is there any one thing you can point to that has caused the celtics to go on this slide kind of thing um is it is it any one particular thing or do you have like an over overarching like idea here what's going on here i mean there's yeah there's nothing like major that stands out to me it just seems like the celtics are a team uh, and this is something they they've dealt with before, and it kind of got past for the middle part of the season. Have kind of falling back to, they seem to like a team that really likes to play from behind, and they get themselves into these positions where they're down 15, 20 points, and they are a good enough basketball team where they can make that back sometimes. But it seems like they get into these massive deficits, and it's always you know too little, too late. And some of these games we're not losing by a ton. You know, we lost the Bucks by one point. We're losing to teams by, you know, Trailblazers, it was what, five points? Yeah. So these are close games. And even even the Bulls game was, it was 10 points, but that was, you know, last second, you know, garbage I time think we, we were within four or six at one point there, late in the fourth. And the Celtics just can't. So they need to, you know, they need to get these games where they get out on top early and just keep going with it. They don't take their foot off the gas. Uh, and I don't know whether it's, you know, the second line maybe isn't doing their job. I... I can't say I've, you know, watched every single game to, you know, observe and really pin it myself, but I, I also want to go back quickly to standings. I know we talked about them forever, but you said probably playing the 76ers as of, you know, right now with the seeding. The 76ers and Celtics were supposed to be, you know, the top of the Eastern Conference Eastern Finals matchup come the, you know, beginning of the season. And now this is the middle of the road, fourth and fifth seed matchup. I think that's kind of crazy as to, you know, the difference between expectation and reality. But, you know, even if we move up to the third seed, we're playing a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who are having an amazing season. You know, a very big turnaround season for a team that, you know, wasn't that great. Got guys like D'Angelo Russell, who have just been doing it all. Uh, having amazing games. They had... The guy who won the three-point contest, his name escapes me at this moment. But, I mean, a lot of strong teams that we thought we can go right by them. Like, you know, blow them off. We'll beat them, you know, four or five games. We're through them. And now it's looking like the Celtics are going to have to fight for a lot of the wins they're going to get in the playoffs when it comes down to that. But I'll flip your question once in a very roundabout way back to you. Is there something that sticks out to you or... Is it really just a matter of the other teams are playing better basketball than the Celtics are right now? Oh, that, that's definitely a fact that other teams are playing better basketball than we are. What is causing us to not play as well? It, it, it's tough to point out. I don't want to put it on any one person. You know, a lot of people I think are pointing the finger at Kyrie. And I think definitely he might be part of the problem with the whole, uh, you know, just the media that's surrounding him about this entire year, really, about, you know, leaving at the end of the year type of thing. They're always showing that timeline on, on TV of, you know, he'd, when he'd say he'd love to be back in Boston, then him going to say, you know, ask me July 1st, all that. I don't think we can attribute, you know, all or even most of this to him. I think, I think it's definitely a couple of things. But, I mean, you know, sometimes it seems to be the chemistry. But, but last night, if anyone who watched the Portland Trailblazers game, the Celtics got phenomenal looks. They were sharing the ball. They got wide open. Um, they just could not. They were something like five or six for 23 or 24 from three-point land to give you to give you an example so we're talking like a number that starts with a, a one in percentage that um you know from the from the three-point uh, arc and that's just that's just not going to win you games especially in in an nba that you and i have talked about uh, a decent amount that is fueled by the three-pointer in these big scoring games so i don't think it's anything one one attribute 
you know, people are even starting to point the finger at Brad Stevens. You know, is this his fault? And I think, you know, I, I'm still confident that come playoff time, we are going to see the Celtics put it together and we're going to see a deep postseason run. Now, they're definitely not the favorites to go to, you know, the NBA Finals anymore. But I definitely think that, you know, we're going to get out of this first round and then we just got to go from there. In the, in the playoffs, anything can happen. And that's been proven in sports for as long as professional sports has been a thing. So I think our, our first goal is just, you know, try to use the rest of the regular season to figure it out. We're, we're going to be going to the playoffs. I don't see us sliding uh, enough to, you know, nine games to be put out of the, you know, the top eight. But just just focus on getting to the playoffs. And then, you know, it, it's anyone's game. I have confidence that they will be able to put it together there. And, you know, the guys will kind of realize like, all right, we need we need to step it up now. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I could have, you know, added anything to that. That was pretty, pretty in depth. And in the interest of time, and us having six minutes left, wow, we actually cruised through the the Celtics comparatively this week. Uh, it's also been helpful that we actually have other sports to talk about too. But so week ahead, we have Friday against the Washington Wizards. Hopefully, we can actually get a win because if we have a losing streak going in the next two games, it's not going to look good. Sunday, uh, the third against the Rockets, and Tuesday, the fifth, in uh, at Golden State in Oracle. I mean, we were close in the last game we played against the Warriors, and I'm hoping that maybe we can put up, you know, a similar performance. Maybe we can squeeze out a win. Who knows? And then Wednesday, the sixth at Sacramento. So a little bit of a West Coast road trip, kind of rounding out this coming week of Boston Celtics action, but. Like I said, it's going to be tough, and I mean, after that, they're they're on that West Coast for a while, looking ahead, Lakers and then Clippers after that even, and we will obviously go more in-depth with those uh, as those uh, get closer, and you know, we're just going to focus on the, the week ahead, but we got tough games, and if they, I think if the Celtics let this four-game losing streak really affect them, that it's just going to be ugly basketball all week long, but if they keep their chin up, say, hey, we lost the last four, but we have to go out and play our game each and every single night, I think there's a chance. Yeah, there's no doubt that it could be a tough week. But, you know, l- let's flip it to the other half of the TD Garden. It really, the team that is keeping it together for me, uh, the, the Boston Bruins have been playing just some phenomenal hockey. We can do, it, we can do a quick, quick run back of the entire week. Kind of a, uh, a short week for the Bruins here. Saturday, they were at St. Louis playing against the Blues. They did end up losing 2-1 to one in a shootout, which you know snapped the seven-game win streak. It ruined the perfect road trip the Bruins were going on. Um, but, you know, they collected all but one point on that road trip. They still got a point in that game versus St. Louis Blues. Um, and then Tuesday, when they beat the Sharks, we're talking about they're on a 14-game point streak right now. They've gotten a point in every game in February thus far, minus the one that they're playing tonight. Um, so like I said, you know, a big four to, four to one win over the San Jose Sharks, which is the, the number two team in the West right now, actually. Um, the Sharks definitely looked like the better team in the first period. And even into the beginning of the second, they were, you know, had a, spent a lot of time in the zone and they were kind of, you know, controlling the offense, except for some isolated incidences where, you know, the Bruins would get a, a, a breakaway or a two on one or something like that down the other end of the ice. Um, you know, so they were spending a lot of time in our zone and then we tied it and then proceeded to score two goals in what was it less than a minute 30 seconds less something than, like less that than a minute it was like 50 something yeah so that you know that put us up three to one and then even oh. before it was <laughs> martian just puts a beautiful shorthanded goal if you haven't seen it he, he dekes out a defender dekes out the goalie backhands it in the net just a beautiful shorthanded goal to give us that four to one win um like I mentioned, 14-game point streak. Another kind of, I guess, funny. It's funny, right? It is funny. Uh, we actually got to see some fights, which was just amazing. But some some little guy, I don't even know what his name was on the Sharks. It, his last name was Kane. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, he tried to fight Chara. And for those of you that don't know, Chara, at one point, held the record for you know fastest slap shot ever in the NHL. He sits seven feet on skates. And this little guy, here's how it started. Chara went into, you know, behind the Bruins net to collect the puck. He gets hit by this guy. 
the, the Sharks guy falls over. He hits Char, he hits Char, literally bounces off of him, falls over, gets back up, tries to hit Char again. Char literally doesn't move. At this point, you can tell the, you know, the Sharks player, very angry, drops the gloves, tries to fight him. Uh, needless to say, gets his butt kicked by Chara, who just, you know, took a cut. I think he took one or two punches to begin with, and then he just went at this guy. Who ended up getting, I think it was a 10-minute penalty, right? For, for fi- Five for instigating, five for actually fighting. Yeah, so it was a 10-minute, I think they call it a 10-minute game misconduct penalty. He went and sat in the penalty box for about three minutes, and then there was a face of, I don't know how this happened, and maybe you can put your input here because we were actually at the game. Uh, after a couple of minutes, there was a there was a face-off outside the penalty box. This guy gets out of the penalty box. Like he gets up and like lets himself out, I'm pretty sure. Skates around and then literally got booed out of the garden. Like he just left. Yeah, I don't really know what the deal was. He just like there's just a stoppage in place, so he just gets out of the box, like skated like his penalty was over. Everyone's screaming at this dude. Skates right over to the other side of the ice, and I'm pretty sure just headed straight for the locker room. I, I think he was Yeah, done. we did not see him again. I mean, that might have just been because by the time his penalty was up, there's going to be no time left in the game, but yeah, yeah he, was, he was gone. I mean, in the fight, Chara showing his age a little bit. I have to mention that. He looked all 41 of his years old. Uh, you know, very slow, but just delivering a couple of good shots to the guy. Keeping the point streak alive, and I'm going to disagree with you completely saying that the Sharks looked like the better team. Bruins dominating the shots on net. I only said the Absolutely. better team in the first period. Absolutely dominating shots on net. If you think about the difference in scoring opportunities, like between in even the first period and into and up until the Bruins scored their first goal, there were so many close calls on the, you know, on the Sharks side couple of really good saves, a couple of really good opportunities by the Bruins that just didn't quite make it into the net. They had The Sharks had their one goal that, for the longest time, I didn't even think the puck was in the net. I couldn't see it. It was barely over the line. Um, But, no, the Bruins looked like the better team pretty much all the way through this. Yeah, they were down for a couple of minutes, and they tied it up and really just took control of the game. And yeah, the Sharks had a couple of, you know, close opportunities, but the Bruins still just dominating, absolutely dominating, you know, constantly putting pressure on the goalie, constantly, you know, shooting. Uh, they had a lot of good, you know, a couple good power plays where, you know, I don't think they made anything out of any of them, but they, yeah, were just... they, they, they scored a, uh, they scored a goal nine seconds into the first power play. Remember? Oh, that's true. Yep. You're right. Um, but you know, they'd get set up, they'd have their five guys all over the the other team's, you know, blue line and just constantly feeding the puck and passing the puck around and constantly firing at the goalie, hoping they can get something to go in. And, uh, you know, we even managed to score when we have less people on the ice. It was that easy. Uh, but you know, if you couldn't tell that we were at that game and had a really, really good time, that was so much fun. My first time going to a Bruins game. Uh, and I really think it was a great game to go to. You know, a lot of fighting, a lot of fights that got broken up really quickly, unfortunately. A couple fights in the stands that we got to witness. Uh, uh, a guy getting uh, kicked out, yeah. That lots, was fun. lots of scoring. It was a, just overall a really great game, but we don't want to, you know, sit here and talk about that yeah. forever. Yeah, let's hope the Bruins can continue this, this, you know, this hot streak they've been on because tonight, Thursday again, for if that hasn't been made clear to anyone, uh, they play the Tampa Bay Lightning, who is is by points standards the number one team in the NHL, the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they have a 17 point nope. No, that's not that's not right. They have a 19 point lead uh, at the top of the Eastern Conference. So, you know, the Bruins sitting in second, this team being 19 points ahead of them, which was just it's a lot. It's especially at this point in the year, I think. Or I don't know. But what's interesting is Tonight is the first of three meetings that these two, you know, the top two teams in the East are going to have over over the last month of the season. So there is potential here to gain, you know, a decent amount of ground on this team that has had a hold atop this Eastern Conference all year. But, you know, if, if you thought the Bruins were hot, the Tampa Bay Lightning are in a 10-game win streak right now coming into the Garden. Coming into the Garden, pardon me. And when I say 10-game win streak, I'm not talking about 
a streak like the Bruins where you scored points and you should. No, they have won outright the last 10 games. So arguably, probably the hottest team in the NHL right now. Um, and it, it's going to take everything the Bruins got. But, you know, there is a lot of potential here to gain some ground. And I, I don't know if, if the first place spot is reasonable for the Bruins just on the sheer amount of games left and, you know, the, the number of points that Tampa Bay is ahead of us. But could definitely make a statement against a team that is, you know, kind of looking like the favorite to go to the Stanley Cup from the Eastern Conference. James, what what are your thoughts on, you know, we we have we faced these guys three times in the next month. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I think we face them three times, and say we win all three of those games, just outright win them in regulation. So we get six points back on them. them there's there's still thirteen points ahead of us, so they'd have to drop six. They have to drop more than six games, having us win six games back. And I mean, I feel like that that just kind of proves the first place spot is they've probably got that pretty locked up at this point. You know, like we said, there's a little over a month of hockey left uh, before we hit the postseason, which is going to be very exciting. Uh, and this is a Bruins team that we've talked about, you know, them fighting the hardships all season long and really just not even turning it around because there was never really a, a real lull in any of their, their points. They were still pretty strong through all the injuries and everything, and now they're just looking like a really exciting hockey team, you know, heading into the last month of hockey, and hopefully, you know, they can just – I'd say the best best thing for them is just to lock up the second spot. They've got currently one point uh, on Toronto sitting in third – a couple points ahead of the fourth and fifth spot being the Islanders and Washington, who are uh, four points back from them both. Uh, they're tied at fourth and fifth. So I think their their best position, honestly, is just to lock up that uh, that second position. You know, go in as a pretty high seed and just make a run. Yeah, I think we're we're looking at a, a legitimate deep postseason team here, and I, and I really couldn't be ex- more excited for. Uh, playoff hockey that being said let's take a quick look at the week ahead uh three games this week for your boston bruins first of which is well you have the game tonight which we've mentioned uh but then saturday march 2nd versus the new jersey devils uh tuesday march 5th versus the carolina hurricanes and thursday march 7th versus the florida panthers all of those games being at home with the bruins having this i think it's it's five it's five or six game uh homestand so look for them to continue this role going forward, playing some great hockey. Uh, David Pasternak should be getting back here pretty soon. End of, end of this week, potentially. Uh, I don't remember the exact date. Or did we talk about that last week? Well, he was on like a week-by-week basis of, uh, pretty much. So Okay. He It said like two weeks, and then they'll take it slowly from there. So hopefully look he'll... For him to be... Yeah, we'll know, at least hear about him. At very least. Yeah. Maybe make a, an appearance in practice. Um, be great to get him back. That being said, um, you know, this isn't this has not been a very up up and cheery podcast, I'd say, because now we have to get into the New England Patriots. And I don't know how you wouldn't have heard this. Um, by the way, in case you didn't know, the Patriots won the 2018-2019 Super Bowl. So, Wait, no, that is that's a bold take. That's a hot take, is what that is. That oh, wait, is twenty eight. You said twenty nine. Hold on. Hold I said twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. They yeah, won Super right. Bowl fifty three. They won okay, Super Bowl you know fifty three. Okay, you ready? Cool. I don't. I don't want to like take a stance here because obviously we're both very invested in this Patriots team, but I, I guess I'll say some disappointing news coming out about Robert Kraft. Now, technically, I would like to be point, point out that nothing has been proven. There has been no court case or anything. But I think it is official that he has been, I'll put this in quote, arrested um, for solicitation of prostitution, which happened down in Florida, apparently before the, the Kansas City game. Um, like I said, he hasn't actually been tried yet. And I think there was just a warrant issued for his arrest. I don't know. that he, He's not actually going to get arrested or go to jail or anything. He will most likely pay a fine and do some form of community service. Um, you know, it, it, it sucks to hear, you know, news like this. Again, I still want to wait until he's been tried and everything. and It's been 100% proven because 
for all we know, he he went into a massage parlor to, you know, get a massage, relieve that stress before a big game. Unfortunately, this stuff does happen. I mean, probably consistently, I'd say it, it, it happens and we can't deny that. But you get a face like Robert Kraft, who everyone's going to recognize, especially just after winning uh, the Super Bowl. So it it obviously sucks for him to get caught up in something, but I mean, like I'm with you on this one. He's he's gonna buy. He'll probably just buy his way out of it. Uh, the Patriots never seem to figure out the off season. We never seem to do the off season right. We really don't. Yeah, we've had some some interesting ones in the past, but yeah. So Robert Kraft just caught up in that whole situation. Uh, We'll, I don't we'll really, keep you updated yeah, on this uh, we, going we, forward here. Like I said, nothing. He hasn't officially been. What what's the what's the term? I sentenced, think, I guess. Technically, yes, sentenced. Because he's um, been charged, and I don't think he's actually been arrested, but like theoretically, no. And he, he, and he doesn't have, have to. He warrant. doesn't have to actually appear in court. I think the court case, the court case is either. I think it's next week. I think it's next week at some point. He doesn't actually have to appear. His lawyer can appear for him. Whether he will actually appear, we'll find out. Um, I think th- that's probably all we'll say on that for right now. We didn't do a very good job of describing the whole situation, but a- anyone who is a fan of you know of football or the Patriots has heard uh, in excess about that uh, this entire week. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that though because there's better things to talk about than Robert Kraft's pregame rituals. Um, so Golden Tate apparently has expressed interest in the Patriots, which is good because uh, I feel like we need, you know, a name receiver that people can recognize just because all of our receivers get downplayed, even though they're all good. Uh, so he said he would, quote, love to catch passes from Tommy Boy, being the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, I didn't didn't know him and Tom, Tom Brady were that Brady. tight. Yeah, so oh, apparently... Boy. It says here in the article that he's really good friends with Edelman, um, Kyle Van Noy yeah, as well. Van Noy we from with on the Lions. The Lions and Van Noy, I believe, speaks very highly of the Patriots. So you know, Golden Tate expressing interest in the Patriots. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Last time we got a big receiver during the offseason, which was last year, he just retired before ever playing a game. So, you know, we really never know what's going to come out of these things. Who is that? Jordan Matthews, yeah. So Jordan Matthews, we signed him for like $9 million, and then he just quit. Like, he just retired. Hmm, interesting. Does he get a ring, though? No. (laughs) Who knows? Anyway, so big name out of Golden Tate. Maybe coming to the Patriots, who knows? I feel like there's only so much emphasis we need to put on our, our receivers. I'd say personally, we should firsthand or first of all, bring back who we had last year. I think it worked re- you know pretty well. Obviously, we saw you know more of a backseat from guys like Chris Hogan and whatever. But I think focus on bringing back the talent we had last year because clearly that was a Super Bowl winning team, and then focus on acquiring new people. And speaking of people that we're acquiring and uh, also never acquiring, apparently Antonio Brown. Uh, the Steelers have the Patriots on a strict no-trade list for Antonio Brown. Uh, they're just afraid of us is what it is. It, it, that really is it because the, the Steelers' no-trade list involves the AFC North, the division the Steelers are in, and the New England Patriots. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they, they don't want to be giving us Brown because they know how good it will make us. That being said, that leaves, what, 28 other teams 27 other teams for brown to potentially go to how many nfl teams are there 32 there are 32 yeah take out their division so take, is three others i think yeah and then patriots and is patriots four so four. so it's there are 27 including the steelers yeah quick math there for you we're both yeah. very smart in case you didn't know <laughs> um <laughs> i mean i think it's just the steelers are afraid because they're watching their entire franchise they so really far. are the steelers are gonna have a very uh, poor week i mean we've seen Le'Veon bell is, Le'Veon back. is gone Antonio Brown's gone. Um, ben Lo- Ben Roethlisberger's has not been good in years. Yeah, Roethlisberger's slowing down, and Antonio Brown kind of recently uncovering some of his past on Twitter uh, due to some very handy retweets. Uh, won't go into that too much because we've already focused on awful things that NFL people have done way too much in this episode. 
So yeah, you just want it, to, it's been, it's, you want to close it out. It's been, it's yeah, not been a, it, it's a happy been a, episode. You know, the Red oh, Sox are playing baseball and we watched the a Bruins, Bruins are game. Playing well. Yes. And that's Bruins are basically need. keeping my like, ah, here we go. Third parade hopes alive. So <laughs> Celtics better step uh, it up. I'm, I'm trying to go to Boston. I'm trying to catch a parade because uh, apparently I just haven't been able to make it to any of the other ones. They're a lot of fun. Really I'll tell sad. you that. Uh, that being said, please leave a rating if you did enjoy. Uh, we really appreciate hearing back from you guys. Let us know anything, a comment, a rating, uh, basically telling us anything you want. Tell us uh, what we can do better, uh, what we're not doing so well, what you want to see. Tell us what your favorite food is. Literally, just tell us anything. We would love to hear from you guys. And um, it's really, you know, really great to uh, see some see some su- support. Wow, that was that was a tough word. Yeah. Also. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Brady Bros Boston to keep up with the latest Boston sports news. Um, I do my best to you know retweet from from the major teams or reliable sources about what's going on uh, for our, our four sports teams there. Uh, most importantly, though, it's the first place to catch when the podcast actually drops. You know, the first thing after we upload, the first thing I do is tweet it out. So if you want to be one of the first to listen to that, uh, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, and also if I'm correct, you usually issue like a reminder halfway through the week. I'd say between, I do it at, at random intervals. I'd say between drops. So you know, if if you kind of forgot or you know you're not subscribed, so it didn't show up, and you kind of missed drop day, then a couple days later, boom, you get that reminder on Twitter. You can come download the podcast, and listen to it on whatever platform you use. Uh, it's all over the place. You can find it on whatever your preferred podcasting platform is. And uh, and then also on drop day, so you do a pretty good job keeping up. That is that is your I, thing, I not mine. Best. I am I am awful at Twitter, so that's that. Uh, that's gonna do for this week, though. What an all time bummer of an episode, honestly. <laughs> yeah, this is probably this is this is one of the uh, this is sad, but we made it to twenty, so we made it to twenty. We did make so it guys, to twenty. If you guys hear from us well you know you know what happened that's about all we got uh but thank you guys all so much for listening we really do appreciate all of you guys tuning in to listen to us talk about boston sports so that is going to do it for this week we will be back again next week with hopefully just a lot better things going on in general who knows uh but we will cover that next week be on the lookout uh that's gonna do it for us so thank you once again and see you guys next week go boston sports see ya Thank you.